You found us. Welcome to Emergency Protocol, a podcast for people who are stressy and depressy. We are your hosts, Denise and Jackie Freed. That's my mama. And that's my baby. We are sharing our 12 steps reimagined for today's society. And our bumpy, pothole-ridden spiritual paths. And we're bringing you along for the ride. This is us doing the actual work. When the shit hits the fan, you know it's time for... Emergency Emergency Protocol. Okay. All right. So we're here. We're here. We're fed. We're happy. Yes. We had a rare treat today. We got to go to brunch, which prior to working on this podcast project, we used to go to brunch every weekend just to be together. And then we started going to brunch to be together and talk about this project and kind of work our way through and yeah, begin begin laying the foundation. And the brunch part has since fallen away, but yeah. we got to go back to our roots today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shout out to Nichols. <laughs> Shout Jay out Nichols. to Nichols. They're delicious. Well, you can't have them, but they're English muffins. Yeah. Oh, so good. Hey, ha- I'll settle for the hash browns. Also delicious. Well, everything there is really good. If you're into breakfast, mm-hmm. really good. Who, yeah. If you're a brunch person. If you're a brunch person. I'm really not a, a breakfast person, but on a weekend. But she'll brunch I, the fuck I, out like the weekend. Am, uh, <laughs> sign me up. And especially if we're on vacation and it's hotel uh-huh. buffet brunch. Like fancy. Not a continental breakfast. I will breakfast park my like ass for hours. Mm-hmm. Just chit-chatting, yep. snacking. It's the best. And I'm not one of those people who overpiles each plate. Like, no. you can go back multiple times. You don't have to put it all on one plate. I yeah. hate that. Like, don't mix your metaphors. Do not put French toast next to a crab leg. I was literally just thinking, like, <laughs> cheesecake. A little cheesecake bite next to a crab leg. It's yeah. Not, no. It's very wrong. You need to have, you know, pace it out. Yeah. We're not kicking you out of there. No, there's a very specific PEMDAS order of operations when it comes to the breakfast buffet. But again, we're getting off topic. This is why I told you <laughs> we, we need, need to outline our episodes. We can this still chat. We're not even but... talking yet. We're not even in it. Exactly. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> welcome <laughs> to emergency protocol. Welcome. Uh, we are so sorry and so thankful you're here. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> um... <laughs> So this week we're gonna talk about um, step two. Step two, which the you know the origin, where what where it came from, and how I've been you can't using cover it. Your face and talk. Don't. <laughs> Anytime I, I criticize her microphone usage, she leans forward and I goes. I'm here to talk to you about every your time. Car, car's extended warranty. Every time. She thinks it's so funny. It's your new bird farts joke. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't give away the punchline. What's invisible and smells like worms? Bird farts. <laughs> it's the only joke I know. I learned it at Camp Whittle when I was like 10. Mm. Maybe nine or eight. <laughs> I'm young. It's the only joke I remember. And I still think it's funny. Uh, yeah, you do. Because I'm just a mom who thinks farts jokes are funny. That's just yeah. me. Okay. So, step two. two. So, the origin of step two and how I've used it in my 12-step practice, uh, the the original step is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that there's a came to believe, like mm-hmm. it's not you must believe or you have to believe now or right. there's no timeline on it. Yeah. And there's a power that the freedom of the power greater than ourselves is that there's not a definition of what is greater mm-hmm. than you. Could be the ocean, could be the universe, could be energy, could kind be... Of, except in the step before, they called it God with a capital H, him. Not in the first step. Oh, that's step three? So step three. Bullshit. Yeah. So 
Anyway. So anyway, going in, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but step in three. Theory. No, yeah. no, don't go to step three. We'll just no, stay at step two. So, no, I wasn't going to go there. I'm just saying, no. like, the the problem that I had originally reading step two mm-hmm. was like, are you fucking calling me crazy? Like, yes. restoring me to sanity? <laughs> Like, wait, what are you saying to me right now? And and even though I was uh, had found myself in a place of total unmanageability and dysfunction Mm. in life, but I still thought I could think my way out of it Mm -hmm. or act your way out of it or act. Well, I didn't know if I could. I I would figure it out. I was going to figure this out. So I was offended by the sanity. Mm -hmm. And also restore us. I don't know where they would restore me to mm. because I don't yeah, know you didn't that want I to go back to Venice. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know where you're going to restore me to because yeah, I don't know if I had ever or when I had ever been or felt like other people. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So then Jackie and I noodled on all these steps, mm-hmm. and we noodled on them because. And I'll let you talk about it, but yeah. because they weren't the way they were written, weren't sitting well with you. Like you couldn't yeah. relate to it. You didn't understand what it meant. I mean, I I got it because of all the meetings that I've been to with you and heard. I've heard so much discourse around AA at this point that mm-hmm. like I I could understand it. It just didn't feel personally meaningful to me in my life. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So she and I. Re reworked this step. Mm-hmm. And um, do you want to read it? Sure. So our step two is we believe we are worthy of getting better and things will get better. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. So looking at the original one for me was less about the power greater than myself. It's more about the fact that I could be restored to sanity. Right. It was that act of restoration and that potential. And that's, I feel like, what I kind of latched onto when we were working on this. Um, and so things will get better. And also, I'm worthy of getting better. Right. Like that to me, if you don't, if I don't think I'm worthy of getting better, I'm not going to get better. Period. Mm. Right. There's this big question of self-worth and value that comes up for me and I think for many other people over and over and over again. And without that piece, without feeling worthy, mm-hmm. I I don't I'm not fully on board. Right. Mm. So I think that's really a big a big piece for me and not that the power greater than myself isn't involved. Right. Cause it definitely is. Things yeah. will get better. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not putting, I'm not making things better. Right. Things will get better. Things like I'm be trusting, better. I'm trusting in, in something in greater a, in a process, in an implicit way yeah. that they will get better. Something outside of you. Yes. And does that give you hope? Yes. Because that was not my intention with it. Yeah, um, definitely. And and in in speaking to that, there are symbols and different things that are around twelve step programs, and I just doodled on it. But one is a um, a triangle surrounded by a circle, and on that triangle, it's not the, the deathly hollows. It's not the deathly hollows. <laughs> That one has the wand going yes, through there's the a wand, but it looks just like that without <laughs> a does. wand. Yeah. Um, and on that, it says hope, faith, and courage. Mm-hmm. And I think that is like in the beginning, you're 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 going off of hope, right? Like I, I totally. really hope that this is going to help me. And then you- I think you're going off, off of one of these. Right. I think you're going off of courage to show up. Or you're going off of hope that showing up will result in something, or you're trusting in with your faith that. Yeah, there's a lot. You, know uh, you requ- it requires three those three yeah. things to kind of. Yeah. What and and we're not talking about faith in a religious way. We're no. talking about faith in belief in the belief that things are going to get better. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're not only hoping, right. but you actually. Be- begin to believe 
that that's possible. Yeah. It's kind of like it's it's that switch of the mindset from the glass being half full, half empty to being half full. Right. right? Or to being unworthy to being worthy. Yeah. Right. And my, yeah, my glass is empty, but there's a picture coming. <laughs> well, I just remember being in the programs and, and being new and people mm-hmm. saying, let us love you until you could love yourself. Yeah. And to me, that was really, it just felt good to hear that yeah. because I didn't, I didn't know where to even start to love myself. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like I just didn't even, I loved myself in a ego-y kind of, aren't I cute kind of way Yeah, as a 20 year old who knew she Girl, was hot. Yeah. Right. But I wasn't in a, um, like, um, in a way that was in my bones and the mm. way that I was in, like, how I showed up in life and proud of who I was as a woman mm. or as a friend or as a daughter or any of those things because I had blown through a lot of trust with mm-hmm. a lot of people with my actions and behaviors. Yeah. And so I didn't trust myself and other people didn't trust me. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I didn't think that I was very lovable when I got here and to hear that felt really good. Like yeah. we, we want you here. Yeah. You know. And that I feel like too is kind of a missing piece that we're still noodling on right now of the community aspect, mm-hmm. right? That's definitely, I'd say that's probably the only piece that's missing for me at this point. Like yeah. I have that community elsewhere, but not based around this. This work that we haven't presented yeah. to anyone yet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I have, I have that kind of implicit love with my family and with certain groups of friends and yeah, but. Yeah. So I think the thing with, the step two and, and, you know, one of the, one of the other things that was really helpful for me coming into any 12 step room was that there was no requirement for membership. The only, Mm -hmm. the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop and you can fill in the blank drinking, Mm -hmm. using, you know, behaving inappropriately, sexually, gambling. Yeah. Food is a little complicated because you still have to eat. Mm-hmm. And so it's very, mm-hmm. I think it's probably the hardest one. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, and so you don't have to do it perfect. But for me, like not being able to give give up and be fully abstinent in my drinking and drug use because I was still smoking weed when I'd go to meetings yeah. for the first like six months because mm-hmm. I came in in November, but my sobriety date's in yeah. April. And also like getting sober during the holiday season, I imagine is very hard to do. It was. And I did talk about that <laughs> on our last thing. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Right. Not showing up for Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Right. So, so what I want to know from you mm-hmm. is there's not a an addiction so to speak to mm-hmm. give up other than the kind of like if you could just talk about what what the, what would that look like if you were giving up anxiety and depression which is not something you can control like I can't control right. my desire to go drink and use right it'll just show up and I'll be like Gotta go. Yeah. Right. So I would imagine that anxiety is the same thing. It's coming mm-hmm. out of less field. You don't totally. know when you're gonna expect it. So in in this step, how would you apply that belief of being worthy and that things are gonna get better to anxiety or depression or both? Yeah. For me, this one is I mean, yeah, it's tricky because I think part of it is learning to like I have I had to learn to not beat myself up I'm still learning to not beat myself up when I get hit with those waves right like if I'm I call them gray days I'm like if I get hit with a wave of depression or anxiety where um I just feel like everything's kind of piled up and I don't know where to start and I'm overwhelmed and I just like 
I'm so tired that I either sleep for a couple hours, like take a nap, even though I just woke up or whatever. Part of it is giving myself grace to just kind of feel that. Um, Some days I'm able to say like, all right, I'm giving myself until like two o'clock to like wallow in this or to like feel uncomfortable. And then I'm just going to like distract myself. So then um, one of the things that's been really helpful is that like when I'm when I'm in an anxious or depressed kind of state and it's been that way for a few days, I have laundry that's piled up and dishes that have piled up and, you know, the toilet needs to be scrubbed and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So on the worst days, if as soon as I feel like I can handle one small task, I do it, right? So it's like clean the toilet, right? So at right. least it doesn't, you don't go in there and it smells like porta potty or whatever, right? <laughs> Real talk. Um Or like, yeah, sometimes it's just like doing – like even though I let the dishes sit for like three days in a row this week, which is a really long time Mm -hmm. for me to do that, Mm -hmm. I was just like, you know what? It is what it is and I'll get to them when I get to them. And then last night I was able to get to them, Mm -hmm. right? And then I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, like kitchen's much better now. Feels good. Um, and that also, I think, led to a different like kind of organization this morning because the space was already cleaner and you kind of kept going, right? Yeah. Yeah. So letting it build, too, um, I think is important. But it's um, on the days when I'm able to choose something, like to choose to not stay in bed a little longer, mm-hmm. I, try, I try to do that. Right. Um, and some days thing. I'm just not able to do that yeah. straight up. Right. Not yeah. just that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with work for a long time when I was especially when I was really new in real estate and I was still very anxious and kind of detoxing from Adderall and all of that stuff. Like even even when I was past the like detoxing part or like withdrawing part of that. Um, it still took my nervous system a really long time to reset. And I think like. It also messed up how frequently I had to pee and that kind of stuff, too. Like, it took my body a long time to recover. Right. So um, one of the things that I had to force myself to do was to not screen calls. Like, I just picked up every single call, no matter Mm. what. Right? Um, Unless it was somebody that was, like, really, really, really going to just, like, put me in a tailspin yeah not even lay into me because i don't think i've ever really had anybody do that but like if i knew that it was going to be a call that i wasn't like truly wasn't prepared to handle right and i needed to like talk with you first to go over talking points or Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. then i would put those ones off but otherwise like those types of things and then yeah so there is an element of like forcing Forcing myself out of negative patterns or out of negative behaviors or self-destructive behaviors. Right. Right. I mean, I think for me, one of the things, and in this is part of the insanity part, is mm-hmm. that I didn't realize how autopiloted my addiction was. So yeah. like in my car, mm-hmm. I, I put a sticker like... <laughs> <laughs> the um, sticky notes were kind of <laughs> new yeah. then. And I put a sticky note. Oh, my that God. Said, you, you saw the invention of the sticky note? Right. No wonder you can't it use a, a miracle. microphone. <laughs> you should have seen uh, fax machines were like, what? Oh, Information's coming through the air. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> the I put a sticky note on my car that said you have a choice because what I, a few times I mm-hmm. found myself – after work mm. in front of my drug dealer's house and didn't have a clue how I got there. Like you just dissociated in the car I just and autopiloted. Autopiloted it. to Damn. that after work. Mm. And so, and then it's just like, don't get out of the car, keep going. Right. right. And so, but then it was also about you have a choice. And I also had to, because I was autopiloting, I created new driving patterns, mm. right? So I was like, okay, I'm not going to, because I, you know, I'm not going to go down this road. I'm yeah. going to take a different, totally different road. So I have to stay aware for this whole drive home. Yeah. That's um, actually something that's useful when I'm like anxious or depressed too, is like 
you know, you do tend to go to the same places over and over again and it is easy to autopilot. And sometimes just like taking a different way forces me to be more present. Mm -hmm. Like it's a way of forcing mindfulness almost. Right. right? Yeah. And mindfulness wasn't even a conversation then. No. Now it's like, it's really, I mean, I, I, it was a conversation and not just not in my circle, but yeah. You know, just being able now to take a breath. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I do in, in my sales meetings at work is I ask everybody to close their eyes and think about what they're grateful for then take a deep breath in and exhale. And we do mm. this like a five second thing. And I can ask people like, is this the first conscious breath you've taken in mm -hmm. like three months or something? And like half the room's hands go up. Yeah. Like having that moment where you're just like... Like today, um, Jackie always does this thing, 11-11, make a wish. And yeah. my eyes, my I felt like I made this wish and I felt my shoulders go down. Mm -hmm. And I opened my eyes and your eyes were still closed and your shoulders went down. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there was something about being conscious of focusing on hopeful things that yeah. causes the shoulders to relax and feeling into it it's like a free it's you know it sounds hokey but it's like a frequency thing right, right. like if you really feel it, it it radiates through your body right yeah i mean there's a guy i think on tiktok or instagram or something and he you know and a lot of them i just passed by but mm -hmm. he was like relax your face and then take your tongue off of the roof of your mouth and i was like oh my god i don't realize how much <laughs> like yeah. how i hold my tongue against the top of my mouth and how that does cause Tension I think that's in my actually face. supposed to be a good thing. Yeah, we'll talk about tongue posture. Anyway, but it, but it was just like you know, there's so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not or here realizing to talk about that your like posture. forehead has a lot of knots. Like every now and then, when I'm doing my face moisturizer, I kind of like massage my fingertips into my forehead, and I'm like, why are there all these micro knots here? Like, what the hell? Right. And so I think one of the things uh, you know, and I've also been listening to. Deepak Chopra's mm -hmm. meditations and um and maybe you can talk about this because mm -hmm. of your being the psych major part of this conversation he was talking about um when you feel this anxiety mm -hmm. right and it's you usually rooted in fear he said you know taking that moment to say, is this true? Mm. And most of the time it's not. It's like my boss asked me to come to his office. So immediately it's like I'm getting fired or <laughs> I'm in trouble. And actually yeah. when I call people and ask, like, ask if we can meet, they're yeah. all like, did I do something wrong? Mm. Like, am I getting in trouble? And I was like, no, I just want to check in with you. I, yeah. I, I never... I think I had to ask you to change that behavior when I was in college, too, because you'd yes. be like, hey, call me or like, hey, can we talk? Yes. And I'd be like, oh, fuck, like grandpa died. Right. That was like my immediate first thought mm. or it was like, oh, fuck, like they they're finally losing the house or something like that. <laughs> right. Like, you know, having no context, I automatically assume the worst. Yes. And so I had to be like, hey. Give me context yeah. for why you need to talk to me. Right. So that when I ignore you, I know why. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Or so I can prepare because if I, I will, I will especially ignore you if I think it's something horrible that That's I don't true. have time it's, to process on top true. of all the other it's stuff. So, so interesting, yeah. but you can't control how other people communicate with you. You and I have yeah. that unique thing because I'm your mom and you totally. and you are open oh, and I yeah. can hear you, right? I mean, my part of it was I also had to work on not assuming the worst every time somebody said something like that. Right. Well, and Olivia is in, uh, you know, at school now yeah. and she's probably got the same thing going on. Right. Right. Yeah. Because she was, you know, especially we'd lost uh, my stepdad in March and yeah. your grandpa and you know she knew it was like every call she thought was that call right which is a bummer way to like be getting a call from your family right instead of like hey I love you I miss you I just want to say hi to you yeah. it's like no grandpa died yeah that's a lot to yeah. be anyway so how would you create this belief if you don't mm -hmm. come into it you it's not there let's assume that it's not there before you have no yeah. 
belief that you're worthy of getting better, nor that things can get better. It's like doom and gloom. It's always going to be this way. I'm Eeyore for the rest of my fucking life with this cloud over my head (laughs) and things just are going to suck. Yeah. And everything's hard. Life will only ever be hard. Right. Yeah. Um, Part of it is that I had to work on my higher power and find a way to connect to that like very quickly almost not very quickly but just in a way that would serve me that didn't require a lot of time or certain activities or being in a certain place right like meditation for example though in theory you can do that anywhere Mm -hmm. um so i i have had a concept of a higher power for a really long time thanks to you and thanks to like these programs but uh I also, you know, in Hebrew school, it was like Jew God is a he, he, him God mm-hmm. who's probably darker in color than like most American Christian gods. But, you know, a dark like Palestinian still, man is still right, not. Still, still a, gr- uh, yeah. an, uh, a judgy man. Kind older of. Older yeah. man who's totally, judging you. Totally. And so the concept that I landed on was, I was like, what it, what would be, and Kim kind of helped guide this too. It was like, what feel, like she's always like, what would feel good? Like, what is the coziest version of this? Um, and I was like, hmm, well, the coziest thing would be like, coziest thing for me is my mother, right? Aww. Like, you're my cozy. And my grandmothers are very much like that too, right? And I was like, okay, so... It's got to be the opposite of whatever that is, like the universal mother, right? Like universal, unconditional, loving, arms wide open, come snuggle into me, universal mother. Mm. Um, it's so funny because we're sitting in my in in my grandma's house, your great yeah. grandma's house that you now have. That's yeah. your house now. Totally. And um, when you say that and you're talking about a grandmother or the, mm-hmm. the universal mother and being soft and arms wide open mm-hmm. almost gives, gets me teary because yeah. we're sitting here in her house. But it's like she was so – well, first of all, she was always a grandmother. So she probably mm-hmm. was like 38 or something and looked like an old grandmother, right? <laughs> yeah. Always from from as far back as I yeah. can think. I never thought of her as young. No. Um, like grandmothers today or dogs. She went through a lot of shit though too. She, so she probably she had a aged rough life. more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but she was just you know she was overweight and squishy and <laughs> always you know, making treats, making treats. And she'd just be like, "Come on in, sugar," and she'd <laughs> like make you a honey cinnamon honey bun or a. <laughs> Yeah, or a root beer float, or yeah, we'd just like snuggle you up on the couch and pat you on the shoulder, and yeah, you know, she was just a. I called her the original like um, Ferdinand the Bull because she was like really pa- like passive, probably to her own detriment, yeah, actually, mm. but always loving, like, yeah, always loving. And I think she was like a big safe space for you growing up too, right? It was like when you. If you were running away, like if you were leaving your parents' house, like this is where you would come. No. Really? No. Really? No. You said so, you would come here for like sandwich, for like Grammy gave you sprouts or like Thanksgiving. Oh, we would come Grammy here for Thanksgiving because shit. mom was eating vegan fucking turkeys. And when Which was vegan probably turkey really was not fucking cute shit, in the 70s. It, was like, it was like sunflower seed turkey. Ugh. Ugh, it was gross. Anyway. We'd and yeah, we'd come over to grandma's house because grandma's okay. cooking Thanksgiving. Right. But we would be sent to my other grandparents' mm. house for discipline because mm. my grandpa was the lieutenant colonel in the army. Right. And grandma kept a very tidy house and a very tight ship. Yeah. And they Both ran things on the clock. <laughs> Five o'clock's dinner, no later than that, and don't go back into the kitchen Maybe that's after why that. You're so Intense about time things. Maybe. Oh, take that to your therapist. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Okay. Um, And so it's kind of um, no. So they each grandma provided different Different things, comforts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Different structures, but I when you say that kind of welcoming, squishy, loving. That's the first person. That's what I, I, think I that in 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 human form. That's who yeah. I think of as Grandma Betty. Hmm. 
I know. And mine is not that at all. Mine is not a human form at all. Mm. Mine is more like energy that kind of like Grammy's saying, the the spirit Spirit that that moves moves through all things. things. But it's more like I believe that there's energy, Mm -hmm. that the energy is benevolent, Mm -hmm. and the energy wants only good things for me. Mm. And is not going to punish me for making bad decisions. Mm -hmm. That is forgiving and kind Mm. and loving and thinks I'm as cute as pigtails, right? Mm -hmm. Like I am loved by Mm -hmm. whatever that is. Yeah. And I can lean into that through like a serenity prayer or through other people or through just being open to Mm -hmm. being present in the moment. Right. Yeah. Um, And that actually leads me to another question Mm -hmm. I have about this being worthier in the moment of the anxiety and depression Yeah, is in that space when you're Mm -hmm. feeling full of anxiety or just like I can't lift my head off the couch. This is where I'm going to be all day. Hopefully there's water nearby because I am not getting up, right? Are you mentally in the present, in the past, or in the future, in like kind of the doom and gloom of it? Um, Depends on on the moment. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of time it's it can be like intrusive thoughts, right? So like, and for me, it's not specifically like I'm a bad person or like um, stuff like that. It's like awkward interactions that I've had are a big one. So like the even past. stuff, yeah, even yeah. But sometimes it's not even anything at all. It's just this like general feeling of like ick and malaise and just like Hmm. like every it's like everything sucks it's present and future and past it's Hmm. it's all been sucky it's still sucky and it's only gonna suck even worse Hmm. in the future interesting yeah and so it's sometimes it's intrusive thoughts like that um or feelings right or just like memories of things that i've done or things that have happened sometimes if it's if I'm like out of the house but it hits it's like oh fuck I'm running late again or like hmm so it could be anything yeah but I I, and I'm not going to get too far ahead but Mm -hmm. one of the things when you were talking about things that you've done in the past one of the things about that going into the fourth step where you look at your part in life yeah um it it cleans a little bit of that talk up totally. because you re you rethink what's true. Yeah. You, you rethink the stories of, of what you tell yourself and then yeah. get down to like brass tacks of factual, like what really happened versus the story that yeah. we've imagined. Not, I mean, for me, most of the stuff that I, felt badly about myself for or or where it was in so much fear about Mm -hmm. either the stuff I was in so much fear about mostly never happened Mm. there was stuff that happened to me that I have you know definitely to work out right but the stuff in the future that I'm worried about mostly never happens Mm. So I spent a lot of time worrying about things that never happened. Yeah. And then um, I guess, I don't know. I think that the thing about this particular step is that I, I want to feel like it's possible. Like for me, I think this mm-hmm. this step was like, okay, now I've – I've put down the drugs and alcohol and Mm. I've managed a couple of days, Mm -hmm. even if maybe a few weeks, which I had never gone through in my life. Yeah. And now like, oh, I could like. Like I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Like Mm. things like already just in that act is so much better. And so this is why I'm, I'm 
trying to wrestle with how does that apply to anxiety and depression? Because mm-hmm. it's not just like you can put down cocaine or weed or right. alcohol. I can't just unhook my, my noodle. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like the food, right? Yeah. So you're going to be thinking. Right. And, and it's just going to come. And it's going to come. And no it's like, just like people get hungry yeah. and it's just going to come. So how does that get managed Yeah. when intrusive and unfavorable thoughts and feelings show up? Yeah. So one thing that I think was really helpful in like the most recent kind of bouts of depression that I've had is having Nala, right? Mm -hmm. Having a dog and living in my own apartment with the dog. So I was the sole person responsible for her, right? Like I knew that if I was going to move out of your house and take the dog with me and have a roommate, have a roommate, that I was not going to like lean on her or make her responsible for Nala. Even though, you know, Jesse totally offered, was like, I'm happy to help out, blah, blah, blah. She loves her very much and Nala loves Jesse, but... Mm-hmm. Because I knew that I needed something to show up for, I just took on full ownership of that. And having like this little creature who is reliant on me to go shit and (laughs) to pee automatically forced me out of bed. Right. No matter what. Right. Um, And just that kind of change of pace was like, okay, like we did the walk around the thing and I fed her. Right. Mm -hmm. Like at the very least, like it gave me something to check off every single day as an accomplishment. Right. Right. Like at the very least, my dog has gone to the bathroom and is fed. Like win, you know, automatic Mm -hmm. win. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in college, the therapist that I was or psychiatrist that I was working with um, had me doing cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. So this is where I get psych majory. Right. And so that's one of the things that we worked on was learning how to restructure my thoughts as a way of boosting self-esteem. And there's a chapter in this book called Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy (coughs) by David Burns. Mm -hmm. And one of the examples of an automatic thought that's a self-criticism is I'm always late. Mm. Right? And then there's – so that's the far left column. The middle column is cognitive distortion. So like there's all these labels of how things apply to these statements. Um, For this example, it's an overgeneralization, right? Mm. And the rational response is, I'm not always late. That's ridiculous. Think of all the times I've been on time. If I'm late more more often than I'd like, I'll work on this problem and develop a method for being more punctual, right? So it's like, Creating a way to give myself grace, mm-hmm. looking at the reality, kind of similar to like the fourth step, right? Like right. I'd say it's very analogous that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave me a way to kind of evaluate like, oh, what is this like assumption that I'm making about myself or what is my brain telling me and is this actually true or not, right? And how do I address it moving forward? Yeah. So that was really helpful. And that was like, I would, I like my, I had homework, right. And it was just to like, when I had these kind of intrusive or negative thoughts, however they showed up, or like if I was feeling bad and usually when I am feeling bad, it's so interesting. I'm not thinking necessarily about myself. I'm like thinking about other people and what they have done and then kind of relating it back to what I haven't done. Right. Mm. So, so you're comparing yourself to others. Yeah. And at the time, it was like, oh, this guy who is not a student, not a scholar, was able to graduate college in four years, but I'm not able to do that because, like, I'm a stupid piece of shit, right? Mm. So, like, if that guy could graduate, like, I should be able to graduate, but I can't. So there's something wrong with me, and I'm bad. Wow. Yeah. Right. Which is so ridiculous. Like who knows the circumstances of each person's individual journey. Well, and I hear that all the time in real estate, managing a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Like, how is that person doing so well when I can barely pull this together? I'm doing all the right things and I'm barely hanging on. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Interesting. So that was that was a big thing. That was really helpful for me. Um, Obviously, it's it was helpful for me to go through those with a professional. Right. And there's like. 
I basically kept a record of those dysfunctional thoughts that I had mm. and went through those every day and kind of like went through each column, wow. right? What's that book that you were referencing? It's called Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy. And this was like literally assigned to me by, by my doctor as part of my like treatment plan when I was meeting with him every week. So we'll put off. that in the notes. In our, re yeah, our resources. Our resources. Resources. Because, you know, resource. Yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah, I think that that was definitely like a big piece, right? It was just kind of like chipping away at like this pile of like dookie that I yeah. had built myself up to be, right? And looking mm. at it. And also now too, like I do have systems in place to try to keep me on time, right? Like I, for a long time, I stopped wearing an Apple Watch because I, when I was like depressed, I wasn't like completing all of my circles, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So like the most obvious way to do that is just to decrease your target for like each of those three categories and right. then like you're, you're succeeding, right? right? Like do bare minimum. But now I found that it's even more helpful because I set like five minute timers for myself in the morning. Cause mm -hmm. I, if I am, I wake up and I'm like doing my thing, I will totally lose track of time and it'll be 920 and I'll be like, oh shit, I have to leave for work, mm. right? And I still need to do X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. So now my thing is that I'll start like with little 15 minute timers. If mm -hmm. I'm more than an hour out, I'll do like a 15 minute, two 15 minute timers. And then I kind of switch to like five or 10 minute timers depending on what I'm doing mm -hmm. and use those to keep me more on task. And it's working for the most part. Right. Wow. I'd say I'm closer to like three to five minutes late to most things right. than like 10 to 15 minutes late. Right. So Interesting. part of it is also just figuring out how to like succeed. Right? right. And taking the little wins too. Right. Like giving myself grace to be like, yep, I just did laundry today. Like the rest of the house still looks like shit, but mm -hmm. I have clean underwear and clean socks and I'll be able to go to work tomorrow in my uniform. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, those wins were like, okay, I just didn't drink or use today. Yeah. Like for today. And, mm -hmm. and that's where I had to like really, that's where I really did have to start learning how to be present. Yeah. So I think I've been being, I've been practicing mindfulness and we just didn't call it that. Yeah. But I had to be sometimes like, I'm just not going to use right this second. Yeah. And right this second, I don't have anything to use, so I'm really not going to, but I'm I'm not going to pick up anything right now. And then yeah. I'd get through that minute, and then it would come up again, especially when I was newly giving up everything. Mm -hmm. um, and I would, every time the desire came up, I would be, I, I would do two things. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we do um, in as part of step one and recognizing like, or actually in this, in this mm -hmm. kind of sanity, insanity, or, yeah. you know, one thing that, that we don't really talk about in step two in our version is we mm -hmm. believe we're worthy of getting better and things will get better. I think it's implicit that things aren't better right, right. now. Right. So things aren't better. So yeah. One of the exercises is to write out for me was to write mm. out the insanity of the drink. So like mm. I would say tomorrow, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do this again. And then somehow at five o'clock, I'd find myself in front of the drug dealer's house or I'd find yeah. myself with a drink in my hand or I would just wake up and smoke weed without even like thinking. And, mm -hmm. and so part of it was getting rid of all of the paraphernalia in mm. the house, getting rid of all of the alcohol in the house, not having it accessible yeah. so that when the auto desire and the auto action went into effect, there was nothing to pick up. So that was like step one. Totally. But then also I did, we, we had writing exercises where we wrote out like our history of mm. our abuse of, whatever it was yeah. and, um, and what the outcomes were like, you know, and so that did help me see like, oh yeah, that is, 
that is like it is insanity to yeah. keep thinking that I can do the same thing over and over again and get a different result, right? right? Like, and so or like I can keep <clears throat> hanging out with this person and not drink because right. every time I'm with them, I drink. Right, and yeah. I had to cut out people. Mm-hmm. I really did. I I had I saw one of my best friends on the Venice Boardwalk, and he's like, "Hey, I moved. I got a new number," and I was like, "You know what? I love you so much, and you're one of my best friends, but I can't take your number because I'm gonna I'm I'm trying to stay alive. Like I'm barely mm. hanging in there, and I I can't." I can't know where you are. And it was one of those clear moments where I made a decision that I know I was making for myself. Mm. I wasn't doing it for my family and I wasn't doing it for to, you know, make amends for my wrongs. I was actually like wanting to survive, wanting to get better and believing I could get better. But I had to make some hard decisions, which were I can't have that guy's phone number. And I think he died. Like, I think he mm. ended up dying. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. And I, which is the path that I was on, right? So totally. I had to choose life and make decisions in moments where it was like, okay, if you do this. And I think I've done that with you in certain instances. It's like, okay, if I do this, mm-hmm. it'll go down this road, mm-hmm. which is this is the possible outcome. Yeah. And if I do that, that road leads there and that's a possible outcome. And for me, writing down the history of my drinking and using and seeing the behavior in black and white Mm -hmm. helped me recognize um, it when it was in front of me, the desire. And then I could tell myself the story, which I've told you and I've talked about here, is that the outcome is yeah, maybe I could have a drink yeah. and then maybe I could have another drink and then maybe I could smoke some weed and my life's not really going to get that bad. Right. right. But eventually I'm going to know I'm not sober anymore. Right. And my, You're I know like, Oh, that guy <clears throat> probably has some Coke on him. Right. But I also can't control <laughs> the um, craving that my yeah. body starts wanting. Mm. And so I don't know now that I'm out of, out of, the program and yeah. out of, I don't want to say control because it's not a, it's not a, um, it's a literal it? chemical dependence yeah. and an illness. Yeah. And it's also not a willpower thing. Right. Right. So it's not a willpower thing. It's a, yeah. So, so once I ingest it, the craving yeah. gets ticked off. Yeah. And I don't know where that craving is going to lead me. Right. So it's genetic, right? It's like literally in your in DNA my, yeah. too. I think so. Yeah. No, there's like, there's, there's studies, a history of, right? right. Totally. So having the stories written out and mm. looking at them and reviewing them helps me talk myself through the actual, like, okay, yeah, that's going to be bad. And the longer I've stayed sober, now I have a, a nice life. Like, yeah. And I don't want to give up everything to right. like just not feel my feelings for a couple hours. Like right. you know what? If I don't want to feel my feelings, I can watch Netflix and get the totally healthy coping mechanisms, right? <laughs> and that's kind of the thing too, right? I'm like, all right, if I really can't do anything, like at least I'm not killing myself, right? I'm not killing myself yeah. slowly or quickly or quickly, right? Right. And that, in you know, I think it's a miracle. It is a miracle. Um, the other thing that was super helpful though, too, and going back to where we started with this Mm -hmm. conversation is that I was at a meeting almost every night at seven o'clock, six 37 o'clock, kind of like the happy hour time where I think when, when people are okay during the day, cause you're working or in school or Mm -hmm. whatever, and you're playing sports or you're whatever you're busy yeah and then the some like something about the twilighty time when the sun goes down and now it's like you're hungry maybe mm-hmm. you know that kind of halt thing hungry right. angry lonely and tired kind yeah. of kicks in and our, there's well, not really know. a lot to do at night in la besides drink unless you know what to look for right and not even that Probably you need to do it, but, but it's like that's when my brain yeah. start because there's not the activity, mm-hmm. that's when my brain starts getting after me, mm-hmm. right? And starts telling me stuff that's not right. true. You're not love you're here like by yourself because you're not lovable. <laughs> yeah. You're here by, you know, you're hungry because 
You're too stupid to have meal planned and prepped for too the broke week. To you're too broke because you you're stupid money. and you can't yeah. do a job because you're a, a high school dropout and right. no one's going to hire you and you're never going to be anything in life, right? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Which is so not true. Right. And not exact, not at all how my life has turned out, right? Yeah. But I've had to compound the sobriety day after day after yeah. day to get to where I am. I don't know that my life would have been the same if I had like, eh, I'm going to stay sober for a year and then I'm going to go out and right. enjoy and myself like in January. Vegas for a weekend. Right. Like um, reward yourself, give yeah. yourself little carrots and then periods yeah. of, yeah. Which for some people might work, right? Some people might be able to function that way. Right. Some people might be able to function that way. I'm not one of those people. And <laughs> and bringing it back to the anxiety and depression, mm -hmm. I think the body, whether it's a drink or a drug or stress or anxiety or mm -hmm. like I just can't. Yeah. I think the body gets used to it. Oh, there's definitely like, like feedback loops that get created and like ingrained pathways. Like you – I think learning – a little bit more about neuroscience helped me with that. I was like, oh, actually, like, my brain is, like, very, like, malleable. It's very plastic. It can learn new things. And I might be stuck in this pattern right now, but it is possible to build new patterns. And, like, I'm capable of that. Right. Right? Like, recognizing the actual physicality of it, too. It's like, yeah, it's not my fault that my brain is wired this way. It just happened. Right. But it is capable of changing. Right. But the yeah. thing I have that you don't have mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll figure out some way to create is that I had a place to go at seven o'clock right. after dinner yeah. to go meet with people yeah. who were feeling the same way I was, who have the same kind of thing going on. Mm -hmm. And we could all show up for each other and either hear a speaker who would have a story that we could relate to or not relate to. Right. Or we could be in a sharing meeting where everybody talks about what's going on. Or we'd have a very specific like step study meeting where you're actually focused on solution or whatever it is yeah. that you're looking for. And I set up a, a weekly cadence of meetings that hit all of the things. So yeah. it's like – you know, I think, did I talk about that already? Like my schedule when I was newly sober, just to create mm. a different behavior yeah. pattern. Yeah, yeah, you've talked about so, that. So, um, yeah. So having that in place and being like, that's the schedule. Right. Um, and I was expected to be there and I yeah. had a commitment to be there. So that was mm. the other thing is having commitments in those meetings, yeah. it gives you the extra insurance that you can't just blow it off. So it's right. like, I really don't feel like going, but I, I have to bring the cake mm. tonight because it's somebody's birthday right? and they're counting you on me. You don't want to show up and not get a cake I, I can't, when you go to a meeting. Yeah. If somebody right. stayed sober for a whole year right. or more and- they didn't get a cake because I didn't show up and didn't get somebody to cover that commitment for me, yeah. then that's a like, why did I even take that commitment? Or totally. I was the finance person, which mm -hmm. for me got me counting money and adding it up and putting it aside and making donations to the central offices and, right. you know, like, like having people vote on where the money was going to go and kind of keeping right. track of being that. Like being okay handling money right. and being ethical with right. it. Right, not stealing the money. And also probably money. seeing how much money is out there, right? Like right. if that, like all these people were able to pull together this amount of money, so somebody's making money, so I can probably make money. Right, right. And then, uh, you know, and then if you're secretary mm -hmm. of a meeting, that means usually you have to, you have to, to get strangers. the speakers. Yeah. And so you have to go to more meetings because you need you to hear to a bunch of different people. people. Yeah. So that you can go through your network and ask who's great speakers and people mm. give you numbers and you just call random strangers and say, hey, Bob gave me your number. Yeah. Would you be willing to speak for me next two Thursdays from now at seven o'clock? Right. And so all of those things ca caused me, A, to not be thinking about myself the mm. whole time. B, being of service to others. Yeah. I don't know if there's a serotonin thing. There probably is because mm -hmm. doing good for others yeah. is a really it makes you feel good. Yeah. Um, and then it it was always like I feel better going to a meeting. I just yeah. feel better leaving. And then it's like, okay, by the time I'm done and I get home, it's eight thirty, nine o'clock. It's like time to take a shower and go to bed. Like yeah. it was. 
then my day is and then you're wiped. Yeah, my yeah. day is done, but I feel like I had a good day. Yeah. Right? Like I filled up my social cup. I filled up my my sobriety cup. I filled up my, you know, I showed up for my work. I showed up cup. for yeah, you know. And so, you know, I don't go to as many meetings as I did then, but I yeah. still go to three a week, which is, you know, that's a lot. Yeah. Two and a half. I don't always make it to the Saturday one because it's no. five o'clock Saturday. And now that COVID's out, I'm like, I'm out living my life on right. Saturdays. So but you do a workshop pretty regularly. Every Monday. Yeah. And then I have a meeting that I started at my company for all anybody who's in a 12-step program mm -hmm. can attend. And that's every Friday. Yeah. And we meet via Zoom. Yeah. And once in person, which was so fun to meet. Right. Because the, the energy people. of being in per in real life person with mm -hmm. people is just different. There's something like we are not meant to go it alone. No. And the thing about Zoom is like, you know, when somebody's saying something and I didn't realize uh, okay, the power of it when mm -hmm. I went to a meeting in person, it was one of the first meetings I went to where it was outside six mm -hmm. feet apart with the masks on, yeah. on a <laughs> gym court out in Malibu. Yeah. And like hearing everyone laugh at the same time to yeah. something funny that was said, it, it like doesn't get picked up in Zoom. Yeah. Or everyone singing happy birthday to yeah. somebody together. Like that's another thing too. There's something there's they've done studies about singing in a group out loud, and there's like a, a lot of very positive like effects that come from that hmm. yeah which i think are underrated i signed up for the gospel choir my last semester of you senior that. year and it was great yeah even though i felt weird that we were getting like christian prayed on at the end because he would we would hold hands and the the pastor who was in charge or minister or whatever he's called would make us hold hands and then he would say a little prayer and then we would be done. Right. But something about it, like just hearing the the beauty that came from it and also just like the joy of um, the joy of hearing like men, for example, singing all together mm -hmm. is so different from how we normally hear collective men's voices or, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. there, there's something about that that was really special. And two, I think, like you briefly mentioned hungry, angry, lonely, tired, halt. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I learned too around giving myself grace was like, and also I kind of picked this up from all my friends who have like new babies or who have had babies in the last couple of years. There's a saying, everybody's talking about like breast milk versus formula and that conversation has been happening forever. But now the like common phrase is fed is best. Right. Like no matter how your baby gets fed, it doesn't matter. But fed is best. Like mm -hmm. however that works out for you and your family. And I'm like, for me, it's like fed is best. Right. So even if I'm only eating jelly beans, at least I'm eating something. Right. Right. And so setting myself up with like easy snacks that are nutritious mm -hmm. and healthful um, and easily accessible, like I don't have to prep them really, mm -hmm. like having a lot of stuff like apples or blueberry stuff that I can just pop in my mouth without doing any extra work yeah has been very important to me interesting and, and yeah. when I yeah and when I was like in my deep Adderall thing during mm -hmm. college mm -hmm. like I basically lived on popcorn because I could just open the bag and like eat a whole bunch of it and eventually I would get full but it was like you're like a boom chicka pop girl boom chicka pop baby <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not we're not a we're not, not doing a commercial. endorsed by boom chicka pop <laughs> but we could be <laughs> um yeah yeah but again it was just like you know fed is best right yeah. and part of that even though i don't feel like i really struggle with food things like i do have i i am not very confident about my body and i do notice that on days when i'm not feeling good i don't eat Right. And I don't know if that's I forget to eat or I don't feel like I'm worthy of eating food or being nourished or like I don't have the energy to get up and make something. Right. So I've noticed that that like just being aware of it and being like, uh, like, oh, I'm really like my throat is dry. I'm really thirsty. Like, go drink water. Right. I am not that way. Mm -hmm. I will always, I will not miss a meal. In some ways, I'm really good about that. Like, I really do like food. But if I'm home alone and I'm just like, I have nothing to do all day, like, right. I might not eat for hours. Right. Which is weird. I might not eat for hours. Yeah. And then 
I realize that I'm I'm really getting yeah. negative because you, you know me. Yeah. The, oh, the angry is real in our house, and yeah. they're like, "Feed mom quick, feed her yeah. quick." Somebody, <laughs> somebody we smell it coming. Though. Yeah, exactly. It got so bad that your dad, when we'd be on road trips. Usually on road trips, I'd be like, Jackie, go on Yelp and find a good place for us to pull over. It was always the same fucking road trip, too. And there was never a good place. <laughs> like, I don't know never. what you what kind of rabbit you were expecting me to pull out of a hat I was like, find in the middle of the, like, the I-5. Right? right? Like, but it got so bad that your dad would just pull off. I was like, I think I'm getting a little hungry. He wouldn't even, like, entertain that. He would just pull off the, yeah. the next exit. And he's like... Whatever We're eating. is there. What you're like, eating yeah. at. Even you, if we had to stop at a gas station to get like Cheetos. I would be so bitchy. Yeah. Still. Still get really bitchy when I'm hungry. She's got this I look agree on her too, face. I agree. On this face on her right now. She's like, hmm, really? Hmm. 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 Is that I so? That. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So the hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That, that thing was about the alternative the, name for our podcast, too. Oh, yeah. That was, was one of them. Yeah. And because hungry, you know, hungry and angry for me kind of go together. Mm -hmm. And then lonely that having that seven o'clock meeting mm -hmm. kind of took me out of myself to be around other people. So I wasn't feeling alone at night. And yeah. also I'm meeting other people and I'm making friends and giving hugs and and having a commitment makes me feel like I belong somewhere and I've earned yeah. my seat and then uh and then you know sometimes you're just tired and you need to go to bed mm -hmm. sometimes I just need like a like a what do we call it power nap or what do you call it uh tiger tiger snooze yeah or it's like 15 20 minutes mm. to just close my eyes and because there's days especially during the pandemic where I was like on zoom all, all day. day yeah and I'd have a meeting at night, like a 12-step a meeting at night at 7 mm -hmm. o'clock. And somewhere around 6 or 6.30, I was just like, I just have to close my eyes just rest. for like 15, 20 minutes or I'm yeah. not going to make it through this meeting. Right. <laughs> Even though it's only 7 o'clock at night. But I was just like. There's no way. I'm so tired. Yeah. Um, and I think all of that exhaustion, too, kind of collectively caught up with us. Like, I think pre-pandemic, you were more of a go, go, go lady. And I think you've slowed down a lot. Mm -hmm. and like noticed that about yourself and started to honor that which is really cool to see yeah i think like my version of that is depression naps where i'm like like <laughs> oh i'm very God. tired can we relabel that no that's what it's a thing it's an internet thing depression naps okay it's again it's like it's a healthier coping mechanism than like self-harm yes. or using okay. or yeah so it's whatever. like depression naps it's so not it's not great yeah. right it's not ideal for me to sleep from like two to five but if that's where i'm at like battery is low and i need to recharge yeah then i do that and i trust that i'll fall asleep i also have tricks to help me fall asleep now too like mm. I don't really watch TV before bed that much anymore. Instead, I switch to listening to audiobooks, so mm -hmm. I'm not getting hit with the screen light. Yeah. And also, I have, like, some standby boring audiobooks where, like, I know if I if I wake up at, like, 2 and I can't fall asleep, if I turn that on and set the, like, end timer for 10 minutes, like, yeah. I will be out by minute 3. Calm has those, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll uh, calm, sometimes the voices are a little too, like, like this for me and they're like um there's gentle rain falling <laughs> and sometimes i just need like you know a british dude talking to me about outer space yeah to put me to sleep yeah we used to say if you really you know can't stay awake or you can't go to sleep then read the big book because i'll put you to sleep uh, yeah by yourself. i believe it i feel like the bible will probably also put you to sleep Torah, Kabbalah. Yep. There's a. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hungry, angry, lonely, tired is a real thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like we covered a lot. We too. covered, we covered a lot. like, you know, giving yourself grace. Yeah. Ways to start building back that self-esteem or building it up to begin with. Yeah. It's like right? a muscle that's atrophied of. Yeah. 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 Or just learning how to do something for the first time to begin with, right? right? And some of that is even like 
for me mm. coming out of it is like the wonder and of like seeing a sunset mm-hmm. or actually like having a first belly laugh, like in a meeting where I was really laughing, not like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> but like Couldn't keep belly laugh, like crying, laughing mm-hmm. and experiencing that, like, oh my God, the joy of laughter mm the joy of of watching the sun go down on right. the beach because well, your or... brain was experiencing that unfiltered right there was right. no kind of extra stuff right so it was getting like the natural happy feel goods from that right and also you know i was keenly aware because just thinking about the sunsets driving home mm-hmm. when i was newly sober is that I also noticed there were a lot of alcohol billboards. Like there was mm-hmm. a lot of subliminal messages coming at me about totally. drinking and drugs and whatever yeah. that I didn't really pay attention to before. Oh, yeah. So it was like- uh, Wine as mommy's little helper trope is on every single movie or TV show. Right. Like people are just constantly <laughs> drinking wine as a coping mechanism, which is also fine if you can enjoy it, you know, within Responsibly. reason. Responsibly, yeah. right. But responsibly, again, though, implies some sort of like bootstrappy control over it. And I don't think that that's. Well, I think the thing is, is if you can't control your drinking, then, you know, you've crossed the line and there's plenty of places to go. Exactly. Um, They'll be in the resources. Yeah. And, you know, I just I I think we're coming to the end here, but I just have to say I'm so grateful that I get to do this with you. You know. I was thinking we should start all of our podcasts with our with your gratitude moment, mm. like with our our little breath, with our listeners, with our you know our listener, yeah, Kim. <laughs> which is Kim, <laughs> and our engineer Kim. Take a breath, <laughs> uh, I but I can it. totally picture Kim just like yeah, yeah. soaking in it. <laughs> Kim loves that stuff. <laughs> Cute. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, you're a fucking miracle. How's are you? And the lady. You probably need to have a drink of water. Oh, I definitely need water. I tried so hard to drink water at at brunch before this. Like I finished my latte and then I was like, oh, there's water on the table. I should drink it. But it was so cold (laughs) that I like could I just couldn't. I don't know. Maybe I need to drink room room temperature temperature water. water. Yes. And I usually never remember until it's like eight o'clock and then I'm like, fuck, but if I drink water now, then I'm going to have to pee like five times tonight. And I don't like drinking room temperature water. I like drinking cold water. So if it's Mm. room temperature, I won't drink it. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I started keeping bags of ice at my house. I don't have an ice maker in my thing. Well, yeah, for you and Brie. You guys like ice in your beverages. We do. Hmm. All right. Go drink your water. Yeah. I'm going. Bye. 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 We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at 12 Steps for Everyone. That's at the number 12 Steps for Everyone. Please like and follow us. You can also send us topics you want us to dig into or follow up questions from each episode. And if you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from our conversations, please feel free to share this with them. All are welcome here.